Hey guys, welcome to the Something About Tuesdays podcast. I'm your host, Phoebe Joy. Join me every other Tuesday for a lighthearted podcast to keep you company while you do your thing. Hey guys, welcome back to Something About Tuesdays, episode 10. I'm your host, Phoebe Joy, and hi, hey, welcome. I am so glad you are here. I hope you had an amazing last couple of weeks. If you didn't, I hope it gets better. But if you did, I hope it continues. Um, I, y'all, I am extra excited today. (laughs) I am so pumped because today I have a special guest on the podcast. Yeah, Um, my dad, he agreed to come on the podcast and similar to um, how I did with Mother's Day and my mom, I kind of, I talked with him and we did sort of an interview style, but then he ended up giving his uh, testimony and y'all, it is so good. Like we just, we just got there somehow and it was amazing. And so I'm, I'm actually not going to give much of an introduction. I'm going to kind of jump right into the, um, to the interview and the, and the talk with dad, because I know you guys are going to enjoy it so much. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for listening and enjoy this conversation with my dad. Hi, dad. Hello. <laughs> so we're going to get started. I'm kind of similar to like I did with mom. I'm going to ask dad some questions. Um, at the end, I might have him ask me some questions to see if I know it about him. Um, and then we also kind of have a special segment that we might tag in to this episode. We might stick it in a later on. We'll see. Um, that has to do with our, our music segment. But to start with, so dad, tell me about about you growing up and your family and stuff like that well if you want to be bored um i was the last one born out of four i thought it was interesting that uh my brothers and sisters you know that we were all born in a stair-step manner my oldest brother and then the year after him my second oldest brother the year after her my sister and the year after her me um so well you know of course being the youngest um you know, it, it, growing up, you know, you you get away with stuff being the youngest because, of course, you know, your older brothers, would, you know, they would they would be the ones that would get in trouble, and of course, I would learn from their whippings. <laughs> I, I, I didn't grow up completely unscathed from being whipped, but you know, but uh, uh, but because of them, you know, I, I got got out of some, so I guess I learned lessons. Yeah, kudos to older siblings. You and me were the youngest. Oh, my. <laughs> we're the spoiled ones. <laughs> what was your favorite part of your childhood? Well, of course, Christmas. I, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it was this song that came out by Stevie Wonder. You know, it was called I Wish. And some of the lyrics was, um, in it says, um, well, looking back on when I was a little nappy-headed boy, and, and it says, "In my only worry was for Christmas, what would be my toy?" Oh, I wish those days could come back again. So, but anyhow, that's how the song went. Uh-huh. Um, um, so I guess Christmas would would be. Why Christmas? Oh gosh, you know you 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 get goodies, and you, you know you uh, you you get. 
things that you haven't had that you've always wished for for the whole year and um, it just seems like you know uh, miracle you know you was able to get something you always wanted a bike uh, or I, I remember a captain action um, <laughs> way back way back long ago I mean of course they don't make captain actions anymore yeah it sounds like an old toy <laughs> <laughs> it was, yes it was in fact it's older than G.I. Joe actually um, and yeah. I think also got a G.I. Joe too Aw, G.I. Joe's and, and Captain Actions. That's funny. Uh, what's Captain Action? Did he, was that like from like a TV show as a kid or was he just a toy? Uh, it was like a G.I. Joe, except it was, it, I guess it, Captain Action was more of a, he, he was more dressed in like a, either a pilot's airline suit okay. or maybe an officer or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah I, but I, I forget you know, I, that was a long time ago. I forget everything about Captain Action right now, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So what would, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Well, at, I remember at the age of 10, um, I was home sick. Uh, I missed a lot of school days. Didn't mind that. <laughs> Almost wanted to be sick for that. But anyhow, uh, I missed a lot of school days. So at 10 years old, everybody else was gone to school. My parents was gone to work. I was the only one home. And all of a sudden, um, you know, this knock came on the door. And, you know, and being, you know, kind of being 10 years old, you know, you want to be careful. So I went to the door, you know, and the knock came again. I said, who is it? The mailman. And, you know, that's that's what he said. You know? <laughs> Is that how he said it? Yeah, yep, just like that. Yeah. <laughs> and of course I said, who? The mailman. And I was like, oh, okay. So I opened up the door for the mailman. He gave me some mail or package or something. But guess what? Ever since then, I wanted to be a mailman. Yeah, yep. that's funny. And, I mean, did you ever make the connection to your last name being posted and post office or oh, anything with the mailman? Oh, okay. Yes, <laughs> I, I used to say I, I want to be a mailman. In fact, wanted to be a mailman all the way up until uh, my d- adulthood. And, and, and I would, of course, try to give a reason for that. And one of the reasons was, of course, first of all, I gave him where the thought came from. And then I would say, hey, besides, I have the name for it. <laughs> you would. Just yeah. like uh, like weather people, sometimes they have like the name for it if their last name is like Storm or you know something cool like that. That's funny. All oh, the the mailman. <laughs> and 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 again, going back to the age of ten, you know, my schoolmates called me postman. That makes sense. <laughs> yep. Yep. Postman. Postman. Yep. I like it. Um. So, did you have any childhood pets? Any animals? Uh. Well, the family had. Uh, we had two that I can vividly remember, uh, and both were dogs. Uh, danger. I forget what kind of dog he was. Again, I, danger. Was, I, was, I was a kid. Yeah, he was a black dog. I, I, I even forget what kind. He wasn't very large, um, but uh, we lost him. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened to him, he, but he, he disappeared. Um, but then it was Bruno. Uh, we got Bruno when I was in high school, and, um, and uh, we had him, oh dear, uh, for 12 years, and he finally died. He's a German mm. Shepherd. And, of course, in my book, you know, if you're going to get a dog, get a German Shepherd. At least, of course, the Shepherd dog was the, I guess I say the dog to have, you know, back from the 80s, probably all the way up to the 2000s, maybe even before then. 
the 60s and 70s was your shepherd because basically I used to say you get everything in a shepherd if you're looking for beauty you know of the you know like the Alaskan husky a beautiful dog they say well you get that in a shepherd if you're looking for like brains or smarts like in a collie a collie is really smart well you get that in a shepherd you know if you're looking for like protection you know somebody uh-huh. that you know get on someone if they get on you you know like a doberman or something like that well you get that in a shepherd you know and and and, and if you're looking for companionship just something to love on you you know like a like a a, a terrier or, or a schnauzer or something like that well a shepherd will cuddle with you too so you get it all in one package with a german shepherd that's what i've always thought but uh basically after after 1989 when bruno died never had another dog again yeah bruno who named bruno. your dogs bruno and danger uh I, well, I think I did. <laughs> well, no, you must have I. Baby name it. No, from what I remember, uh, I think probably my older brother. I know my older brother came up with Bruno, um, but I had something to do with that too. Now I, I, I forget who named Danger. I don't know who it was. Probably my older brother. But uh, I remember the way we came up with Bruno's name was. You know, we were thinking. My sister was trying to think of a name. My other brother was trying to think of a name. My oldest brother was trying to think of a name. And, you know, I just thought of Brutus, you know, because we always kind of wanted a kind of a real tough dog. And and when I said Brutus, then my older brother said, nope, Bruno. And ever <laughs> since then. Go. Okay, was, you got and, close. <laughs> yeah, we, so we all agreed to Bruno. Yeah. Well, that's funny. Uh, it's kind of funny that you talk about that, too, and his name being dangerous or being like, you know, something like hard. Because um, in the last episode I just recorded, I was talking about how animal names should kind of match the dog. Because I was on Instagram and I saw a picture. It was a Doberman, and its name was uh, something with a D. It was it wasn't Danger, but it was like uh, Diesel. Oh, there, Diesel the Doberman, Diesel, and I was Diesel like, that Doberman. fits it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so I feel like Bruno would fit, you know, a nice German Shepherd. So that that works out good. Good thinking, good teamwork between you and your brother there. So, okay, so we've made it to roughly around high school. How was your young adulthood? What did you do in those high school or even um, young adult age? Please don't think less of me, but, you know, I was kind of a lazy bum in school. Uh, (laughs) I remember a time, um, and and it was probably the biology class. I, I know it was biology. I may have been 16 years old, maybe, yeah, 16. I'm sure I was 16 because I was a junior. And, you know, I, I just, after, you know, after lunch, you know, you get that syndrome, you don't feel like doing nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, I still get that. It, it was my fifth period. So. <laughs> no, I didn't bother anybody. I didn't, I didn't cut up in class. I didn't disrupt, but I just sat in the back and just daydreamed, <laughs> you know. And, you know, and my teacher, you know, came to me on the last month of the year and he looked down through his grade log and he said, Tony, come here. Said, yeah, Mr. Johnson, what are you, what's up? You know, and he said, I've been looking down my log, and I've noticed you haven't completed hardly any assignments at all. And I was sitting there looking kind of like, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> Can't uh, deny it. <laughs> Can't deny it. I couldn't say I did, that's for sure. But he, this is what he told me. He said, but since I know you can do this work, he said, if you will just do the last assignment, I will pass you with a D. 
Well, guess what? <laughs> Can you guess? <laughs> it's either good or bad. <laughs> Did I do the assignment? That's the question. Did you do the assignment? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. And and I failed. He failed me. Well, at least he look. He get he extended the olive branch. And I mean, yeah. Some some students don't always take it. See, as from the teacher perspective, we do try, we do try. <laughs> right, right, right. But then you know there are some college professors um, that <laughs> messed up my straight A. So something, so something transitioned and shifted in yeah. from high school where you didn't feel like doing anything college you were trying to get straight A's well yeah I, I probably didn't put everything I could into it and that probably was the reason why I didn't get straight A's that semester because I think I did miss one extra credit but anyhow um I you know and of course this is definitely could be debated I had an A in every class but this one class where I got a B in it and the reason I got a B was because now if you can figure this out at the point system it made it come out as a B instead of a in other words a B plus instead of an A minus or something like that um these were my grades out of five assignments I had uh I had two A's an A minus and a B and a C now um, I, I could have, I could have calculated that to be an A because the, the two A's would cancel out the B and the C and, you know, and, and it would be, uh, like a B plus. So an A minus should have raised that to an A and I would have got straight A's. See, but see, I kind of calculated almost like your teacher because <clears throat> In my brain, so I got, you said two A's. Two A's. An A minus. An A minus. A B and a C. Right. Okay, the A minus, that C makes that A minus a straight B. So okay. you got two A's, two B's. And so that C, since I took some points to make that A a B, like it brought it down a little bit, but that brings up the C a little bit, but it only brings it up to a B. So technically you've got two A's and three B's. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> That would mean that your grade would have to be a B. Well, the, <laughs> the way she calculated it, I had an 89, the way oh, the yeah. point system she went by. It was a 90 and A? A 90 would have been an A. Ooh, man. So, That's rough when they hurt you right there on the line. Uh, yeah. I've had that happen. That does hurt. Uh, you know, so I got, so out of the four classes, I had three A's and one B. Yeah, that would hurt me a little bit. Yeah. Um, well. You know, it is what it is, uh, <laughs> but I guess, you know, some professors extend the grace, you know, others like, yeah. sorry. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and this one professor <laughs> got mad at me. Uh -huh. I shouldn't say this, but maybe it'd be revealing too much. But uh, because I was in, again, long story, but I was taking classes and driving a long way to school like basically an hour and 20 minutes to school just one way um and according to the that and my work schedule and i was trying to attend school full time 
and I was working 12 hours a day as well. So I, I had to take classes that would fit back to back. And so I, I was setting up all my coursework from eight in the morning all the way till 1245 in the afternoon so I can drive an hour and 20 minutes back home so I can go to work at three. And then work, of course, at three in the morning. But in order to get my schedule like that, I had to take an elective. This wasn't something that fit into my degree program, but it was an elective that would fit towards a degree. But this one teacher, you know, I guess must must have had a student they were working with or maybe a friend or something that they were working with. And they wanted them to take the class. And I I signed up for the last seat. (laughs) And when I told the teacher about it the teacher got a little upset with me and said well if you don't need this if this doesn't count towards your major why don't you take another class I was like well I can't this fits into my work schedule and my school schedule and my travel schedule uh, but it does count towards an elective she said so you won't change it I said no (laughs) she said okay you might not get the grades you want (laughs) That's shady. <laughs> uh, I said, well, well, I can't. <laughs> I, I didn't say it, but I was thinking it. I was like, well, man. <laughs> but, uh, and according to the way the whole year went, uh, she definitely tried her best not to get me an A and ended up not, so. Man. See, you could have went to the deans on that or something. Yeah, I I probably could have, you know, because I of course you want an A, but you you know I didn't get one, and believe me, the, the teacher tried. In fact, you know, I I I can tell I was in for a battle because, you know, again, just trying to level with the teacher. I I went to the professor. This was like the second week of class. I said I won't be able to make the next class because I have an appointment. And, you know, I just won't be able to get down here an hour and 20 minutes in time for your class. So I'll have to miss that day. Guess what? My plans at some, the plans that changed and I was able actually to make it. Uh-huh. But guess what the teacher had prepared? What? She had a 10 point quiz <laughs> <laughs> prepared, for, prepared for that day that I told her I wasn't going to be here. She had a 10-point quiz prepared for that day. And when she saw me walk in, she said, oh, you made it. I was like, (laughs) I'm glad I did. (laughs) Yeah. We're out of missed 10 points right there. That's probably why they make professors do syllabus and stuff now. Did they have syllabus back then? Yeah, they did, okay. but uh, like but the dates and all but, that on there. Yeah, but they can I don't they can do what they want, I guess. At least That's back funny. back then. Yeah. yeah. Getting by with some stuff. Yeah. Shady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mhm. Well, I'm glad you caught some of your motivation, I guess, in your later years. But between uh high school and college though, you were in the army, right? Right. What made you join the military? Cuz you joined right out of high school, didn't you? Um, no, I waited a year. Okay. Yeah. I, I graduated a year. I always knew I was going to end up in the military, you know, (laughs) of course, you know, back there then, you know, when you turn 18 years old, your father will come to you and say, all right, what you going to do? So, and of course you either got to go in the military or go to college or do something, you know, or be, be working towards something. Um, so I said, well, I'm going to go in the air force because see my dad also, he was retired air force. 
And I said, I said so I had my sights on going in the Air Force. And, you know, uh, but I said, I'm going to wait a year, though. <laughs> so, I mean, come on, school wore me out. You know, I said, I'm taking a year off. But you didn't uh, do anything. <laughs> well, yeah, that was that one class. Oh, oh, I, not all oh, of my okay. classes, but just that that one. Um, well, most of my class would probably like that, but it, but uh, um, but I said no. I'm chilling out um, for this first year, and then I'll go in the military. And um, uh, so, yeah, I chilled out. You know, the, that year I graduated, and I went in the military. Like about the next year, it was like about ten months later, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. What was the um, best part about being in the military? And what uh, was maybe the most challenging part? Um, uh, uh, I guess the best part is basically just getting a foundation under your, your belt. Um, you know, the military, I think military is, is a good thing. Um, you know, they... You know, they, they do take care of their veterans, uh, uh, you know, and, yeah, you, you get a, a pretty good start because, you know, you get – they pay you money. It wasn't a lot, but they pay you money, and they feed you, they clothe you, and things like that. And pretty much, um, you know, you grow up in ranks and things like that. Um, so by the time, you know, you get out and – you know, you you got a pretty good uh, work ethic. You got a pretty good, uh, I guess, di- mind where, what direction you're going to go in. Um, at least that's the way it's supposed to turn out. <laughs> I wanted to get out. You <laughs> 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 your time and was done. Well, yeah, but I was willing to stay in because pretty much, you know, I just do what I have to do. You know, back there in the day, they used to say, well, a man's got to do what he have to do. Um, so he had to live by that principle. So I was willing to reenlist. But, you know, that's when uh, the Lord grabbed me. And then um, then I went into a completely different direction. Yeah. You went into the God route. <laughs> that- I did. <laughs> Well, maybe God finally changed my route. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because I was probably probably heading for disaster. But you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I was probably a, cha- a train wreck before God got me. Yeah, well, I'm glad He got you. So when you met Mom, because both are in the military, and that's how you met. Um, how do you know that you were interested in Mom? Like, what caught your eye about Mom? Um. <laughs> Well, I always thought, you know, she was beautiful. Um, one, you know, at one, I this is a, again another thing that happened. You know, in the military, of course, you have your bad days and that kind of thing. And I was out on the rifle range one day, and being out on the rifle range, uh, you know, it's just one of those days you just didn't want to, just didn't want to participate. You just wasn't feeling great. And um, so somehow we got through that day. But I got jumped on the back of a deuce and a half with a bunch of other soldiers. And we were coming back across the field from the rifle range back to the barracks. Well, as we drove past the field, um, 
<laughs> all of the guys started whistling and <laughs> and you know and you know I can't I, I never could make that whistle sound with how's it go something like that you know I I never I can't whistle I just I I but all the guys they were doing all of that they were they were hollering they were like yeah baby I'm in love yeah 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 and um and I was you know you know with my head down riding I so I looked out the back and I said what in the world is they making all this commotion about and when when I looked out there they were hollering at mommy they were I was like, she was beautiful. Uh, yeah, not still is. I mean, you know, not was, but still is. Um, but yeah, um, you know, but uh, at the time, I, you know, wasn't in church. Um, but I guess you get in church and, you know, and then, then God gave you great things. <laughs> yeah, because mom got in church in the military as well. Uh, so before I move on from that, um, anything you want to? talk about and or share about as far as getting in church or coming to God or anything like that. You got another hour? <laughs> I know. I was like, that's a whole nother segment, honestly. Really? That <laughs> like, might take wanna, two like, segments. You know, <laughs> mm. you can sum up and then maybe we can uh, pick a pick an episode to go deeper because I got to get, get into it with mom too and how she got in church because we didn't touch on that last time. Well, um, you know, some people say going in the military, even for like good moral people, which you know I, I wasn't, but good moral people, um, if they go in the military, they, they'll end up cussing and everything else, and and swearing and partying and nightclubbing and you know and, and the whole nine yards. Um, well, uh, uh, you know, of course, you know you get into alcohol you get into drugs you get into to the party scene and you know you 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 start hanging out with friends that they do nothing but party and I was hanging out with a friend that I mean he was like let's go to the nightclub and you know with seven days a week you got Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday and Sunday well guess what starting on Wednesday night he went to a nightclub. He would drag me with him because we were kind of best friends. And then Thursday night, we'd go to a nightclub. Friday night, we'd go to a nightclub. Saturday night, we'd go to the, a nightclub. In fact, two or three of them on Saturday. And then Sunday, we would go to a nightclub. <laughs> you know, The only days we didn't party was Monday and Tuesday. Other than that, we were we were out partying. So, of course, you know, Partying that much, you know, it, it, you're just, you know, things going to happen. But uh, anyhow, that's the kind of lifestyle that I was living. Enjoying it to one point, but at the same time, miserable in another point. Uh, you know, tired of living, but afraid to die. Um, you know, because you, you've, you've been there, done it all. Oh, you think you have. But, um, but you name it, we did it. Anyhow... Um, I started getting in trouble, you know, uh, of course, you know, spent the whole year in drug and alcohol. Um, and then even after that, um, got caught with drugs and this time the Corona was going to, you know, really put, he was going to sock it to me this time. The first time, you know, 
I, I guess pleaded for mercy or whatever. And you know, they gave me they gave me two weeks extra duty. They didn't bust me or anything like that. So they said if you go to if you go to drug and alcohol for a year, you'll you know you'll be fine. Well, it wasn't long after that, you know, I got caught with drugs. <laughs> So they gave you a chance, kind of like your teacher. <laughs> and uh, and then you're like, thanks. And, yeah. And um, but this time I knew I was in trouble. Yeah. And um, and so what happened was, um, you know, I had a couple. I had a sergeant and a, a platoon sergeant and a squad leader that, for some reason or another, you know, they were, you know kind of on my side, but this is when God came in because when I got caught with drugs and I was on uh, barracks arrest or house arrest or something like that, I mean, I was very distraught, very kind of like, man, what in the world's going on? What's going to happen to me? This, that, and the other. Well, for the first real time in my life, that's when I actually prayed to God. And then I said, I said, God, if you're real, <laughs> I guess we all do that from uh-huh. time to time. I said, if you are real, if you're out, I said, um, if you get me out of this one. <laughs> See, at the time, I didn't know the words of prayer. I didn't know how to say, I'll serve you. I'll live for you. Right. I'll go where you say go, do what you say do, be what you say. I didn't know all that. I just said, God, if you get me out of this one, well, you know. That's what, that's, that was my prayer. Oh, you, left it at, you know. You know, yeah. You know. <laughs> that was my prayer. But you see, but God looks on the heart. So, um, and, and so God took it as you know, I was asking for all of that. And you want to know what? God saw to it that the colonel that we had, and the colonel we had, believe me, he was going to nail me. God saw to it that when it came time for the, for me to be kind of go before the the board, the colonel was out of town. God saw to it that the colonel <laughs> sent him away. I mean, I, I, looking back on it now, I know what happened. You know, at the time I was like, well, you know, luck. You know, but and then the the other two, my squad leader and my platoon sergeant, they said. We don't know for sure, but are you really guilty? Are you really guilty? You know, I said, oh, yeah. But I, they said, but but that's okay. We're going to talk for you. We're going to talk for you. And so they ended up going into my XO as character witnesses, actually talking me up and saying, look, if you're going to bust him, don't bust him on this, that, and the other, you know, this, that. And so the XO, who was like, I guess, not used to, you know, being in that position to send somebody up the creek. Um, and maybe he was, I don't know, but for some reason he said, uh, well, uh, here's your, here's your punishment posting. He said, you're going to get two weeks extra duty. And that was it. <laughs> I mean, I, now this is, and again, I, again, I didn't know it at the time cause I didn't know God, but God is so good because instead of I mean, going, I don't know, caught with drugs, I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. who, you know, who, what can happen to you? Who knows? Definitely could have got busted, probably should have got busted down to a, my private, a private rank. Mm-hmm. And in fact, a private E1, which would have been the very beginning, could have been busted down to that. They may have could have sent me to jail or something like that. The only thing I got was two weeks extra duty. Mm-hmm. And this was yet my second offense, <laughs> you know, so... 
So I knew, looking back on it, that was God. So again, long story short, the next year, you know, God says, okay, it's time for that you know to come to pass. <laughs> and I had a friend that went to, uh, uh, well, him and I got deployed. We got we had deployed from our unit uh, to go to New York. And of course, at this time, I'm still, I'm not changed. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm, I was glad that things worked out the way they worked out, but I wasn't changed. Um, you know, and, and of course, me and this friend, you know, you know, we again did the same things, party all night long. And we did the drugs, we did the alcohol, we did the running around, we did the party in the nightclub and all that. However, though, my friend, when we got back from doing that, my friend told me this. And he said, you know, I've been thinking about living for the Lord. And that rung a bell in my mind. And I was like, you know what? Me too. <laughs> you know? And, it crossed my it mind. It crossed my <laughs> mind too, yep. And so what he began to say, cause, and, and the reason it crossed his mind, because he was going to visit his brother, and his brother was already kind of in church. And he knew how his brother was, so he knew that he would probably be thinking about getting in church when he was going to visit his brother. So he went to visit his brother and this brother came back that weekend, um, completely different. And, you know, um, and when he got out of the cab and again, like I said, you need an hour for this, but anyhow, when he got out of the cab, another friend of mine met him and the other friend had a quart of old English 800. It was beer. It was a quart of beer. Old English 800 was not just a malt liquor. It was the strongest malt liquor they had. Well, he popped the top and he said, hey, Smitty, you know, he <laughs> said, and Smitty had got out of the car and the other friend, he said, hey, Smitty, uh, you want to want a swig or something like that of his beer? You know, Smitty threw his hands in the air and said, I don't mess around anymore. I'm, I'm serving the Lord. I'm following the Lord. This impressed this other brother so much that he took that whole court and turned it topsy-turvy upside down and let every drop of that court fall to the ground. He said, I'm going to live for Jesus too. <laughs> and they then told me, I, I was in my room. I didn't, I, they told me about that. But so here's my turn. <laughs> I had a six pack of Slits malt liquor bull. And so I took it to Smitty's room. And I said, hey, Smith, hey, this time is on me, you know, <laughs> you know, pulled one off of that little plastic thing, you know, that, you know, you pull one off. And um, in fact, Slits malt liquor was the second strongest beer. But anyhow, <laughs> you know, Old English was the strongest, but this was like the second well, of, of American stuff. I guess they might got stuff in France or Germany or Ireland or Italy or, you know, that might be stronger. But anyhow, or, or Scotland. But anyhow, um, Smitty did the same thing. He said, he said, I'm sorry, Poston, I don't mess around anymore. I'm following Jesus. And that, it blew my mind. And, and the reason why it blew my mind is because when we were running the streets, all the stuff that we got was because he had it. <laughs> so I was like, well, what do you mean you don't mess around? The reason I did a lot of that was because of you. Well, but I was so impressed with it. But then I went back to God. Here's God now tapping my mind and going, remember the you know. And so I got back to my room. Now, um, again, don't think less of me, but I wasn't like my other friend. You know, I didn't. You didn't pour. I, I didn't pour that. Oh, okay, out. you didn't feel that conviction. <coughs> I did not pour that out. 
I drank that. <laughs> but I did ask the Lord. I said, Lord, I said, if this is part of what you want me to do, if you really want me to do this, I said, don't ever let me touch another beer again. And guess what? Mm-hmm. That was the last six pack I ever drank. No, oh, yeah. Hadn't drunk one since then. And now that was 41 years ago. That's a ago. long time. Yep. <laughs> Power of God. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we're still not saved yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that we're just repenting. Because <laughs> you got to be born again of the water and of the spirit. In order to, you know, that's just the repenting part. That's Peter saying repent and be baptized. Every one of you. Well. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So you still need those other two. Well, that's another story. You got another hour? <laughs> but anyhow. Well, but anyhow. Okay. So, um, again, Smitty and Crowder together. They, they, they were the two. Then they were uh, you know, kind of looking for a church and kind of like really just kind of moseying around. Well, they was coming back from the PX. The PX is sort of like the Air Force commissary. Or, you know, in other words, where you go shopping at on, on base or on post. And as they were coming back, they crossed this this church uh, that was on post. And as they came, you know, uh, by this church, they began to peek inside because both of them at this time, they had repented. They, you know, kind of looking to, you know, to follow the Lord. And and it was a little boy that saw them look in and the little boy began to wave him to say, come on in. He was waving at him. Come on in. And then, you know, Crowder said, well, I'm going to go in. Smitty said, we can't go in here. We got shorts and tank tops on. How in the world can we go in church like that? You know, crowd said, but that little boy telling us to come in. Let's go in. So they went in, you know, God touched them. God blessed them. And, you know, here I come. (laughs) So I go now. And when I go into the church, um, I, I tell you, you know, the Lord just, he just knows what to say. And the preacher, you know, in fact, before, you know, in fact, when I when we went to church that day it was my first time being in church, you know, f- like for real. And um, and I saw the pastor's wife closing her eyes, lifting up her hands and waving it side to side going, thank you, Jesus and hallelujah, Jesus. I when I saw that, I nudged one of my friends and I said, look at her. She feels something. Look at her. <laughs> she says, you know, so. yeah. because that she was right. just, you know, worshiping the Lord. I never seen anything like that. And uh, and then the preacher got up to preach. And I mean, you talk about having your mail read. It seemed like everything he was preaching about had happened to me. And, and I was doing those things. I was most people get offended, but I was amazed. I was like. Hey, how does he know what we did? You know, like, how do you know, I, I, I was like, how, do, how does he know that? I was amazed. And uh, to see the thing that was, the preacher didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But God knew that. And God was telling the preacher to read my mail. You know? Right. So as he read my mail, I was just more intrigued. So I came to the altar, don't know what happened, don't even know what I said or did, but don't even remember even. But... Um, about two weeks after that service, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we were going to all get baptized by this time, another brother had joined us. So it was four of us. We was going to get baptized all the same day. 
and um you know i guess you know the 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 real the reality began to set in so as we came to this church that day i asked the preacher and i said do we have to be baptized because <laughs> i guess i was getting cold feet you know and um and he said yes or else you can't be saved so i said does that mean does that mean we can't go to heaven he would say, yeah, that's right. I said, okay, well, yeah, just go baptize me then. You know, so, I, you know, I mean, I was repentant. I was going to live for the Lord. It's just, you know, you just, you're battling your flesh. And you don't even realize it. And so we got baptized. But then shortly after that, in fact, I believe it was the, the following weekend or maybe even that weekend, um, I went out of town to go home and I was there for about 30 days. Well, while I was there, God um, began to you know, still follow me. Mm -hmm. And God began to, uh, you know, I keep his hand or eye on me, even while I went back home. And I went out to eat dinner with my family. And I was with my sister. I think I was with my sister and my second oldest brother. And we were eating at a restaurant. And all of a sudden, uh, a guy, you know, sort of in a blazer and, you know, a you know, it wasn't a suit, but it was a blazer and slacks. He came up to our table because he had saw me reading a small green Bible. And I was like sharing with my brother and sister, you know, my newfound faith and what was happening in my life. I've been baptized, yada, yada, yada. And he came up to our table and he said, what church you go to, brother? And I was like, well, I, 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 I don't go to church here because this was in Maryland. He said, oh, well, and he asked me that question, like, you know, Paul came across the coast of Ephesus. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost? And I was like, I don't know. I said, I, you know, I don't know what that is. You know, he said, uh, have you spoken tongues? I was like, no, I haven't. He said, I, I, I said, but I'd like to, <laughs> you know, and, and he said, I can see it right now. You're going to be speaking in tongues. You're going to have the Holy Ghost. That's, that's what he told us. That's what he told us. I know God sent him to our table. I, you know, I, I, by this time, I, of course, I have to look back to realize that at the time you, you're going through it, you're like, it's weird. But now you can see the hand of God and all that. And I still didn't quite understand it all because, you know, my brother and sister knew nothing about that. We didn't grow up in church uh, or even going to church. But anyhow, I finally got back after 30 days. But guess what? Smitty and Crowder met me out of the cab. You know, that, that seemed to be a pattern, you know, getting out of the cab, being met by your friends. And the first thing they said was, posting, posting. Yeah, we got it. We got, we got, we, you got what? We got the Holy Ghost. I said, you did? Say, yeah, we spoke in tongues and everything. I said, well, I want to, you know. So they said, well, come on with us. Let's go up to the room. I mean, I just got out of the cab, you know. With, you know, they grabbed me, they grabbed my bags. We ran up into the bedroom, or, I mean, to the, uh, to the dorm room and, uh, or the barracks. And then we, you know, and we just started praying for two hours, tearing for the Holy Ghost. After a while, they finally said, that's it, that's it, that's it. I just wasn't quite satisfied. But anyhow, I said, okay, but I can at least stop praying for the night. <laughs> you know, so, okay. And maybe that's why they said I had it, because maybe he was probably tired of praying with me, too. But yeah, two hours, we tarried. But, you know, as far as I know, I, I didn't get it. But it just so happened that Life Tabernacle Church was in revival. And we were, I mean... And again, cutting out some of the stuff just to get to that point. Um, you know, 
I came to church, and I believe it was, it was on a Thursday night, maybe a Wednesday night. I know it was a weeknight. It was a weeknight. And I still had my overcoat on. And, you know, again, you know, this time it was totally different. When I got in church, when I was in church this time, I was there to, just to get the Holy Ghost. Nothing else was on my mind. And, of course, you know, in an apostolic church, you know, you know they, the whole congregation is singing and worshiping. You know, and so as that was going on, I tried to sneak and get the Holy Ghost. And so while they was singing and worshiping, you know, I threw my hands up in the air and I said, God, please, right now, fill me with the Holy Ghost. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Because wasn't nobody paying attention to me. Because, you know, you, you, get, you feel when people paying attention, you know, you just can't, you just can't break through. So I tried to sneak and get it. And, um, and guess what? The power of God was coming on me. And as the power of God was coming on me, I began to feel it. I can feel it coming up from my stomach. I can feel it in my throat. I can feel it in my mouth. I can feel it in my tongue. And all of a sudden, the song stopped. <laughs> and everybody sat down, you know. So, And there I was up there with my hands up. And I was the only one standing. And I was about to get the Holy Spirit. God wanted to do it then so he can have the church, you know, see his power. But I felt... <laughs> that I was being watched and I felt like, oh, I'm out of place. And so I quenched the spirit. I sat, I oozed back down, kind of embarrassed like crazy because I was the only one standing up when everybody else was sitting down. So I sat down, but I still had the determination to get the Holy Ghost. So finally the preacher finished preaching. I don't even know what he preached. He might've read my mail. And I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even know. I, I just, the altar call came. I was sitting in the back, yet I was probably one of the first ones at the altar. Still had my overcoat on. I mean, I, I was like nothing else on my mind. And, you know, and of course, how do you repent? How do you actually give God your heart? How do you turn your heart over to God? How do you change your mind? I didn't know the words. Again, all I was able to say, I just came up to the altar and said, God, I repent. I repent. God, I repent. I repent. And it wasn't no more than a few minutes. I was on the flat of my back speaking in tongues. And all of a sudden, everybody was going, yay, you know, and so I got the Holy Ghost and, and you know, and, and we had this thing going on at our church. Um, people get the Holy Ghost. They receive the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. Now, that's that's when you got it. But it was when the pastor's wife would come to you after that and say, brother, how do you feel? <laughs> if she came to you and asked you that, you knew you got the Holy <laughs> Ghost, right? So I, I, even after all of that, you know, um, finally the pastor's wife came by, said, how do you feel, brother? I was like, I got it! <laughs> so, you know, so I had the Holy Ghost. So and that's... Mm -hmm. Pretty much, you know, and, and again, that was October the 18th, 1982. So, um, mm -hmm. been trying to run on ever since. Yeah. What, 40-something years that you said? Yeah, what is that, 41 years now? Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, going, like, when October get here. Yeah. It'll be 41 years, yeah. <laughs> I was baptized in Jesus' name September the 9th. 1982 got the received the holy ghost october the 18th 1982 okay not much longer yeah a month dad well i'm glad you did <laughs> i'm glad you got in church oh That's yeah uh, 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 you 
Yeah. Like Pastor says, you know, if you knew where God brought me from to where we are today, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't sit by us. <laughs> I, I know, right? If you knew some of the stories, stories yeah. you'd move pews. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask you this quickly because um, we are at 50 minutes and um, I want, so I will probably break this up into two parts. Um We'll take a break and then come back. But before we take the break, let me wrap up the interview part and then we'll go into the the music part where we're going to talk about there and then maybe the game part. We'll see where we are. <laughs> you guys see where I get it from, right? <laughs> uh, no, that was great. That was fun to listen to. So I asked mom this. So I'm asking you this. Describe yourself in three words. I know you have to think about it. Yeah, um, let me see. That's hard in one word. Let me see. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, uh, well, I, I'd say uh, laid back. Okay. Does that count as one word or two? That will count as one. One. We'll count as- um, I try to be friendly. Friendly, yeah, you get um, friendly. And uh, I would say, I would say, um, loving. I don't know. I try to. <laughs> loving that. <laughs> I mean, you could be laid loving. back, laid back, loving and friendly. I I try to be, but oh, that's what you shoot for. Yeah. I think you're those things. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Now, if I had to pick, if I had to pick three words to describe you, I would say that you are, I like friendly, but I want to use a different word than friendly. Um, you're friendly, but you're also, um, like, what is it where, like, you're good at putting people at ease? What would that, like, I did that with mom. Like, I can describe the word I'm looking for, but I don't know the word I'm looking for. Where, you know, you can make people feel comfortable around you. I mean, I guess that's part of being laid back and friendly. But the uh, specificity of it, like, yeah, the, you know. Yeah, you got me. I can't, I'm, of course, I'm not a linguist. I have no idea what, what, you know. I know exactly what you're saying, and mm-hmm. I, I think there is a term for it. There probably it, but, is. But... but <laughs> You know, I guess they can't label me as astute. <laughs> that would have been a false label. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. So then whatever that word is that you're good at making people feel at ease and comfortable, you're that. Um, you're smart. I would describe you as smart. Well, thank you. Yeah. Because um, you know a lot and you remember a lot and you think a lot. And yeah, so you're very smart. And let's see. So what I say? Good at making people feel at ease. You're smart. You're fatherly. You're like a good dad. <laughs> That's what I mean by fatherly. You know, all the things like good protective instincts, but good loving instincts. Yeah, good supportive instincts. It's all instinctual, I think. Part of being a dad. 
Yeah. And so your three words are that word that makes people <laughs> whatever feel, that word that is makes people feel comfortable. <laughs> whatever that word is, uh, <clears throat> smart uh-huh. and fatherly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. Thanks so However, much. That's <laughs> described. Yeah, but now you have to come up with three words to describe me, Dad. Oh, uh, daughterly, <laughs> <Dad>. smart, <laughs> and, and that word, <laughs> whatever that word is. <laughs> Dad. <laughs> well, daughterly. What, daughterly. what even is daughterly? I could at least describe fatherly, <laughs> but what even is daughterly? daughterly. <laughs> um, it's oh uh, me. How uh, um, you got me? Uh, what 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 do you think daughterly would mean? I don't know. <laughs> daughterly. <laughs> well, I guess daughterly is like you know, and since fatherly could be described as. Uh, protective, provide for, uh, daughterly is, uh, receptive, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, makes you, you know, feel like a father and that kind of thing. I, I guess whatever else could go under that, but I guess that would be daughterly. <laughs> of course, there's no such word in the book, in the, in the Webster or anything, but is there a word named daughterly? I don't think so. No. I mean, you could add lead to a lot of words and try to oh, make it an okay. adjective, but I don't think. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> fine, fine, Dad. I'll take, I'll take, I'll take daughterly. We'll do, fine. We, we, I can, okay, at least two out of three. Okay, two out of the three. <laughs> I guess once we can, if we can put a definition of daughterly, then uh, then then we can put that in the dictionary. I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're so funny. Okay, Dad. Well, I guess we'll we'll take it for now. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be the end of part one. We're gonna come back. This might all go in one episode, or we, you might have to wait for a couple weeks for the next episode to come out. But uh, so we're gonna at least. In part one here, take a break, go get some waters and stuff, and we might come back and, and wrap it up. But if we don't see you until the next episode, uh, I hope you enjoy the next week, your next couple of weeks, um, and and hang tight for, for part two of the dad episode. Anything you want to say to wrap it up, Padre? Um, no. That's, that's, <laughs> well, I'm good to go. Okay. <laughs> All right, y'all. Until next time. (laughs) Hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode with my dad. Wasn't it great? (laughs) You can kind of see where I get get the talking part from. I definitely got a lot of my personality from my father. So um, it was it was a fun, good conversation. Thank you, dad, for for doing that with me. And so we did end up recording the sort of our music segment, um, but I'm going to tag it into the episode, uh, our next episode. Okay. So stay tuned. Uh, We are not finished with my dad. We did want to get into our, our music um, segment. And so if you, or if anyone, you know, are interested um, in nineties, we'll say uh, like 
90s, early 2000s, maybe some 2010s Christian music era and in ranking some popular artists back then, you are definitely going to want to listen to our next episode. It's a good one. Uh, Dad and I, Dad has his opinions (laughs) about the ranking of Christian artists and, and it's pretty good. I agree with most of them, but you're going to want to definitely tune in. It'll be an amazing uh, music segment this next time. But again, thank you so much for listening and I will see you or hear from you. Well, actually, well, no, you'll hear from me. <laughs> anyway, you'll hear from me in a couple weeks. See ya.